This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader challenges us to take time to reflect in our own life, find our strengths, and set goals to accomplish your dreams. She's an expert in helping you design the life you want. These simple techniques are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Caroline Dowd Higgins is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Show 25 starts now. Welcome to the program, Caroline Dowd Higgins from Bloomington, Indiana. Thanks, Melanie. So good to be here. I'm delighted. I am so thrilled to have you. I know I get so excited on all the beginnings of my programs, but you and I actually don't know each other, but we've connected through another everyday leader that I've known for years, and he immediately reached out to me and said, you're doing this program. You need to connect to Caroline because she's got the passion that you do. (laughs) So I am really excited to share your story, your journey, your vision, how you're connecting and helping, especially women today empowering them Uh, so thank you for being a guest oh you're so welcome thanks for having me yeah Uh, so I want to talk to our listeners today when when we talk about everyday leaders it's really about finding your purpose and your journey and for people that don't know you I want to really tell them your story about where you started as you know when, when I've read your blogs and things it's about your opera career, your opera Mm -hmm. kind of connection, and then how that changed. So where did this all start for you, your journey? Yeah, I'll set it up. And and thank you for asking, because it has made me the woman that I am today. And the bottom line is it shows that the best laid plans don't always come to fruition. So very briefly, just to give the audience a sense of of my beautiful zigzaggy career and life (laughs) journey, (laughs) it's a technical term, zigzaggy. (laughs) I, uh, I started out as an opera singer, and I was very intentional as a young girl, loved performing, went to university, uh, and studied music music, earned an undergrad and a master's, and and sang for 10 years and knew exactly what I wanted, which was wonderful in that I had a very clear and specific goal and thought that, you know, I would live forever and ever as an opera singer and life would be grand Mm -hmm. because I was so focused and so disciplined. And I will tell you, the life of a performing artist is is wonderful and also extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's not the work ethic. I'm, I'm all over that. I've got the discipline. I've got the passion, but it was the lack of control over how you uh, earn jobs. Uh, There's a lot of luck in the performing arts, Mm -hmm. uh, being in the right place at the right time. Everybody's talented at a a certain level, so it's really not about talent. It's about opportunity and timing. And I I did all that for 10 years and and loved it, but also became fatigued by it and uh, was missing my fabulous husband and traveling internationally and, and really decided, you know what, it's time for a break. And I did what most performers do or anybody when then they have an unexpected change. You know, I had that meltdown moment of, oh my goodness, what is going to happen next? And I should say that very candidly because it was an important time for me to really Mm self-reflect and figure out 
what's next? So, you know, a lot of friends and and mentors and advisors and, and even some career coaches helped me realize there's so much more to me than just my musical skills and abilities. And it helped me pull back those layers and really self-reflect and think about what was next. And Melanie, I say that this second act of my career happened rather accidentally. And what a beautiful opportunity for me to go through the career reinvention process Mm -hmm. and realize that I actually loved career development Mm and helping other people figure out what was important to them on their career journey. And fast forward, you know, I've been doing this for uh, 18 years, so I am at a point in my life where I've experienced uh, a lot of training and development beyond what I originally studied at university that has made me the woman that I am today. But at the end of the day, I go home feeling really, really gratified that I'm helping people uh, move forward on their career and life journey because mm-hmm. they're very much integrated. Mm-hmm. And well, I love how you talk about reflection. You know, so many of my listeners today are learning about how to reflect and and we don't sometimes give ourselves enough credit to how that quiet time how that sense of reflection how that phase of reflection can really help you decide that next step exactly and it's okay you know some people say i'm in this eight to five routine i go i have kids i'm going to soccer practice you know i don't know what my calling or my purpose is for a lot of women because that's that's who i really think you know bringing this into your audience is empowering these women that say hey i have done this so great for all these years and you know i'm at a point in my life where i have a lot of friends that are becoming empty nesters and Mm -hmm. so for them it's what do we we do with our lives next now that you know our journey's changing and yeah so, I, great i think you you nailed it there are people that change out of necessity and then some out of choice you right. know i remember uh the the most recent recession and i and i don't say that to be um sarcastic recessions happen very regularly in in our global economy so they happen um you know every 10 years or so it has nothing to do with politics it's just the cycle of the economy so uh, often people are downsized or let go or there are mergers and acquisitions and i would say that is um, a necessity where they have to reinvent and it is wonderfully empowering when you can look yourself in the mirror and say i have control and i have power about what I choose to do next and give yourself that permission and don't feel victimized because our our organizations, our companies, wherever we work, or even if we work um, independently as an entrepreneur, we have so much more power than we give ourselves credit Mm -hmm. to use. So thank you for really understanding that that self-reflection is important to give yourself permission and take your power. It's so important. And I, and I really, I talk a lot in my um, podcast about failing forward, you know, learning. So when you were, so 10 years, right, you were an opera Mm -hmm. and you were like, this is my Mm -hmm. path. And then I decided, Hey, I need to reflect. I need to kind of maybe create this other journey. You started realizing that, you know, thinking about how to reach your potential in different ways, use all those fundamentals. But, but I teach about failing forward a lot. And Mm so what, what did that feel like to you? you? such an important topic because there's such a stigma around failing and, and there shouldn't be 
I think the failing forward concept is so beautiful because we learn whether they were mistakes or just stumbles or even fumbles to say, hey, you know what? This wasn't the ball I was supposed to catch. Mm-hmm. And I, I will be really candid and I, I share this with all the people that I coach and when I speak publicly because it was a, an emotional transition for me. I felt really guilty thinking, oh gosh, I failed as an opera singer. And, you know, quite candidly, I'm still an opera singer. Right. I still sing. I, I still do it on a professional level. It's just not my avocation. It's not how I earn my living, but it's still a very important part of who I am. And I needed to let go of that guilt. And side note, it was totally self-imposed. Nobody was saying, oh my gosh, you're a failure. But of course, those are the dark places that you go, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to disappoint my husband and my family. And and nothing was farther from the truth. They were 100% supportive. But giving yourself permission to say, this wasn't right. And what did I learn from it? And how can I move forward? So failing forward is a brilliant opportunity to just embrace what's next. And and I believe it's not the failure. It's not the thing that didn't work. It's the recovery. How can you be resilient and recover and think about what's next? That's the magic. Well, and, and I love what you said, giving yourself permission. You know, a lot yeah. of us feel like every everybody around us, maybe we have those mentors that are, you know, guiding us or giving us ideas or, you know, we're trying to reflect and, hey, what does it look like? Maybe you know me best, right? Sometimes it's hard to see ourselves in our own skin. Uh And so Uh we ask for advice from our friends and our family and our coworkers of like, hey, do you think that this is a right decision for me? And sometimes they're not living your life, right? And so giving yourself that permission to say, hey, this is really, this is what I need to do next. Uh, It's okay. Yeah, and building that trust with yourself. And I know that might sound silly to some people, but you said uh, just now you've got to give yourself permission and really trust yourself because you know what you want better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, as a career coach, I see so many really well-meaning and loving family members, whether they're spouses or partners or parents or friends, that encourage people to do something because it's what they want, not what the individual wants. And that's a tough trap because these people love you, but they just don't know what's best for you. And we need to trust that only we uh, know what's right for each and every one of us. That is so true. I love that we're talking about this. I just want to get up on the pulpit. With yeah. You. Yeah. Um, and it, well, thank you for sharing the message because it is so important. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm so gratified in this second act of my career and I work with so many people. And as you mentioned, I'm, I'm particularly passionate about women because our career journeys are different. They're not better. They're not worse, but they're uniquely different than, than men. And, often we don't prioritize ourselves because culturally that is seen as selfish. And that makes me really sad because we're going to be stronger mothers and sisters and um, colleagues and wives, if you will, whatever relationship we have in the world, we're going to be stronger and more confident if we honor ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as women, you know, we don't feel like we are supposed to be, you know, climbing this ladder of success Uh like it's not okay for us like we should be in the background we should be that support we should always be kind of that second fiddle and and so what you're doing in empowering women to say hey you can have your own business you can have your own you know network you can have your own voice you can have your own message that is today in 2018 you know that's kind of the key focus to say it's okay and, yeah, and find out what that voice is, right? You're 
You're absolutely right. And and happily, there's there's a, a sea change. There's a culture shift. And, and our young girls and our young women, and by young girls, I really mean, you know, K through 12, there's a, a shift about uh, empowering young girls. So when they develop into young women and are thinking about forging their careers, they have the courage to say, yes, I can lead. Where generationally, uh, prior to that, it, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't a focal point, and, and women didn't have that automatic permission. Mm-hmm. We saw it in, in bits and pieces. We saw it happen in, in small increments, but happily that is changing, and it's also not too late for, for women that are in the workforce. You know, this is a very, very important time for women to embrace leadership opportunities or entrepreneurial paths or whatever that unique uh career and life journey looks like and it's an exciting time it it is so i want to talk to you about two concepts and we talk about intentionality and really doing those things with the right mindset right getting Uh into the right mindset what would your advice be to women that are kind of stuck um, besides getting a coach right because that's really critical if they've never experienced that process but having the right intentions and the mindset what would you say but be a couple of tips for them to kind of get into the right framework for that. Yeah, there's some great, very basic uh, methodology about the concept of career development. You know, sadly, so many people say, well, let's just look on the job boards online, and if it looks like it's a good fit, I'm going to apply. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's an old-fashioned way to do it, and certainly it still works. But I would tell anyone listening that instead of just waiting for that magical opportunity to fall out of the sky and land on one of the job boards that you're looking at online, do that pre-work and use that intentionality and that quiet space to figure out what do you really want. And think of it as a four-legged stool. So the first the first leg of the stool is what do you value? You know, what's really important to you? And if you're unhappy, it shows that your values aren't being met, right? Maybe you've got a you know, a 90 minute commute each way and, and you don't value that commute that is eating into your time with your loved ones. Uh, maybe financial, uh, uh, lack of remuneration. Maybe, maybe you're not being honored financially or in a rank, uh, that you feel like you should be in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. Maybe your job doesn't have enough creativity or enough autonomy to honor your skills. So, so many different, um, components to value and think about what do I value? What's important to me? How do I feel honored in, my career path. And and it seeps into life because life and career are are interconnected. So values is one leg of the stool. Interests, you know, am, am I interested in the kind of work that I'm doing? Um, am I interested in the daily tasks? Do they challenge me? Do they gratify me? It sounds so simple. And it is, but you and I know hundreds of people who are miserable at work, mm-hmm. and that's sad. Um, you know, being miserable is an option. Being miserable, <laughs> I would and, strongly and, encourage them not to be miserable, right? Well, suffering happens, is optional. Well, because in that environment, then you are surrounded by people. If you're working in an eight to five yeah. environment with those mindsets, you know, it's it toxic. really kind of yeah. it 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 draws you back into oh my gosh, I can't get out of this. I am stuck, right? Yeah, and you feel feel trapped. Exactly. So you have that power to say, it's okay, I can go do something different that I value and I love this message. Have right. interest, have value in this in this intention. Mm-hmm. So let mm-hmm. me let me let you keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, the other the other two legs of the stool uh, are personality and strengths. So personality, you know, maybe you are a very reserved person and need that reflection time.
time and you would really love to work at home because you can hunker down and be at your absolute best and use that quiet to be highly productive. Where a more extroverted person might love the social environment of being on a team or being in a busy workplace. And again, very rarely do we consider that in advance of, of looking at a, at a new role or an existing role, right? Because you don't necessarily have to be looking for a new opportunity, but how do I reinvent where I am now? And then lastly, strengths. What do I do really well? And I want to define this for your audience because I work with so many people in transition who say, gosh, you know what? I've been a tax accountant for 20 years and I'm really good at it, but I'm bored. It doesn't challenge me anymore. It doesn't energize me. And that's the difference between a skill and a strength. You know, I clean my house really, really well but it does not energize me. It's a chore. It's a task. And that's not something I want to do more than, you know, enough to keep my house clean, right? For me, that's not a career option. Mm-hmm. Um, so strengths energize you. And and there's a natural tendency to strengths too. There are things that come easily and you can hone those and make them even better. But there are things you can do over and over and again and they energize you and you you don't get bored. And most people don't consider that and they should. They should. They absolutely should. So I want to touch on your book right now that's called yeah. This Is Not the Career I Ordered. Uh-huh. And when you go online, it's the second edition, right? So what yeah. changed from the first edition? Well, one of the things that I did uh, in this book was talk about my own career reinvention. And I and I lovingly say that I'm the queen of career reinvention because I have changed paths rather dramatically, not just because I was a dramatic soprano, but because, (laughs) you know, it was a big shift. uh, And I had to prove uh, to the outside world that this was something that I was doing with, with clout and credibility and brought expertise to the table. So I chronicled other women who went through career changes. So the first edition um, showcased these women and the second edition showed where they were five years later. Mm -hmm. Some of them were still on the same career journey, right? And it was that act two and it had nothing to do with age right Uh, they're uh, multi-generational and then some took a very different path so again it just reinforced this notion that it's not really um, a finite choice we always need to give ourselves permission to change and you may have several different legs of your career and life journey and that's something to celebrate Absolutely. And there's so many ways that you can connect to people today. And so even if you've been doing something and the expert in it for years, now there are opportunities for you to kind of connect in a different way with, you know, new generations and Uh older Uh and younger generations, wherever you are in your path. So yeah, that is such a critical message. So I love that this is now the second edition to kind of go back and look at, right. And say, this is still important to them and here's what's right. happening now. Right. And it's it's very much a, a guide for someone considering something new. And again, I want to just share that not everybody wants to leave their organization and, and try a very different career. Some people want to make subtle tweaks. Some people want a major overhaul. Some people say, you know what, I want to do something entrepreneurial. So there's so many different flavors there mm-hmm. to career reinvention. But the book was written in a way that I can serve as your personal career coach and guide 
guide you through that journey with very specific reflections and action steps and exercises. That is so important. I, you know, we talk about so many things in this, in this value and I've learned, um, really a long time ago, but leadership is really about influence. You uh-huh. know? And so figuring out how to influence the right people to give you the right kind of outcomes, you know, that you yeah. need. And, and so whether, like you said, I love this, whether you're in a career that you love today and you just want to tweak it a little bit, uh-huh. it's maybe uh-huh. how do you get involved with the value system that you have to influence the right people that can give you the right opportunities right. to grow in your organization. And sometimes exactly. that's all it is, right? Yeah. And it's permission to say, you know what, I can create and design a role that maybe doesn't exist or isn't in the HR uh, handbook. And that's okay. You mm-hmm. know, we, we don't always have to fall back on what it has been done. You know, this this concept of, well, we've never done it that way. My goodness, can we try something new? This is a beautiful, innovative time in our economy, in our career sectors. And I see women and men designing roles that don't exist, but fill a need in their organization. And that's the bottom line. How do you solve a problem or how do you create a solution? Uh, that's when magic happens and you can create something that plays to your strengths that your company needs. Exactly. Well, so now I'm going to go right back into the second next next book that you have, not your second one, but the eight action steps to finding fulfillment in your workplace now. I love this yeah, title. Yeah, thanks. You know, the, the concept of thrive where you are, which is the, um, the next book that is in progress, mm-hmm. uh, is really exciting, and I'll tell you exactly how it happened. You know, I do a lot of public speaking nat- nationally, which is really my bliss. It's my happy place because, in a way, it's a performance, but my message is very different, and it's a way to connect with a live audience, which yep. energizes me. So that's a strength for me. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of companies say, "Oh my gosh, I don't know that we can invite the author of This Is Not the Career I Ordered into our company because what if everybody leaves?" Exactly. <laughs> you know, and they were understandably panicked. And I realized, okay, I don't want to frighten audiences. I want to help them understand that subtle changes and little tweaks might empower people to stay in the organization and increase retention rates and help people understand that they don't have to leave their organization because quite often you love the organization, but you want to make it a better fit. So it was a a beautiful opportunity for me to retell that message to um, people that are in companies or organizations, nonprofits, you name it, that they like. Maybe they really believe in the mission of the organization or the product or the service, but their particular role might have gotten stale or they might feel like they're in a rut. So that is a very particular set of things that that individual can do to freshen it up and make it their own and help them think about longevity in that organization. I love that message. And it's so important. There are so many people when you look at career coaches and speakers and TED Talks and things and Mm -hmm. you go, okay, Mm -hmm. but how do I connect to these people? So I'm so glad that you're on this program so that we can get your message out to really help you connect to these different audiences because it is critical. If you change the way that you feel about what you're doing in life, you can do anything. Very true. You got it. All about the beliefs. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, so you know kind of what you're doing now, your purpose. And so how do you continue to stretch yourself? 
Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I I knew uh, from my early days as a singer that that was essential. You know, you're constantly getting out of your comfort zone. And, you know, that's an old adage, get out of your comfort zone. I like to reframe that slightly and say, let's expand our comfort zone and let more things in, (laughs) right? So it's just a a little shift, but it's a nice way to look at it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I am the kind of person that gets very bored easily to do the same thing and over and over again. So one of the things that I value is variety and change. And I know some people may be cringing and that's okay. That's why we're all different on this planet. But for me, I need intellectual stimulation. So I I love the research process. And if I'm speaking to a group in an organization, I always customize it and say, you know, what are the challenges that you meet? And then I'll go out and research that and develop a program that's unique for them. Mm -hmm. So that's one example of how I keep things fresh. And, you know, quite candidly, the world of business is changing as we speak. You know, 10 years ago, podcasts were not a thing. Now they're everywhere. And as you and I know, as fellow podcasters, we've got to keep it fresh and relevant to our audiences. So I love trying to keep up with with trends and honor tradition and think about how I can leverage my message with all of the new technology. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So who are you modeling? Who do you follow? Who inspires you? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, one of the uh, individuals that I just think is extraordinary is an industrial psychologist, organizational psychologist by the name of Adam Grant. And Adam has this amazing podcast. He's a TED speaker, and he he just has terrific content, which I really appreciate. I also enjoy Guy Kawasaki mm-hmm. uh, and some incredible uh, speakers out there. Because I got one of my journalistic starts at Huffington Post, I've always been impressed with Ariana Huffington and the great work that she's doing in the wellness space now. and yourselves to death, how do you honor your life and your well-being and still um, focus on your career? And I think that's such a very important message. So I'm, I'm grateful for her work in that space. It's so important. And I, I, I follow these people too. So I love yeah, that. I just keep yeah. finding so many things that we're connected to because we have the same mindset about we do. how, what we can do to contribute back, you know, and how we can lift people up. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, we've talked about some great things. Talk, talk to me a little bit about pain, you know, pain from going from opera yeah. singer, but it's yeah. things that you've experienced the last 18 years of going through this leadership and coaching transition for companies like that you really learned and stepped back and said, Hey, I was on this journey and then this changed and I had to really kind of reposition myself. Yeah, I, I have, you know, I think pain is good in that it helps us realize what works and what doesn't. And I think it, it's like touching the stove when it's hot as a child. You touch it once and you're not going to do it again, right? We hope. So, you know, we, we learn those lessons as adults too. And one of the very simple lessons that I learned early on in my musical career is that I'm not going to be the right fit for every opportunity. And that's true now, as it, whether I'm a one-on-one career coach or I'm a trainer in an organization or I'm a keynoter for a conference, and that's okay. So I've learned not to take it personally. Mm-hmm. I think early on in my life, um, I took it very personally and thought, oh my goodness, what did I do wrong? And I'm trying to reframe now saying, I wasn't the right fit. How can I 
continue to hone and develop and and become the best that I can be because it's a journey and I'm I'm not done I'm still a work in progress but also let go that sometimes it's not the right fit and that's a tough lesson mm-hmm. and and you you learn that through pain, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And through mm-hmm. rejection and through not getting the gig or not getting the role back in my musical days. And it's been really comforting comforting to be able to let that go more regularly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge lesson. So many people that I coach and that are in my leadership classes and things talk about what that experience does to them. Sometimes it paralyzes them. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. they, it's that perspective of why yeah. did this happen to me or right. what can I do about it? Or, or if you yeah. don't have any control over it, how do you you know get that motivation again? Like exactly. we've talked about to move yeah. forward and transition through that. So I love I have a couple of, a couple of other thoughts on that though, too, because um, I'm sure like you, I work with a lot of people who, who might not get the promotion or mm-hmm. the job, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you as a coach are helping them understand, or maybe it's a company and they didn't get the business that they had hoped, right? That big client that right. was going to put them over the hump. And it is a mourning of sorts, and I don't want to be dramatic, but you know, you have to mourn the loss, if you will. But I have a theory that I learned really young as a singer and a brilliant voice teacher shared that with me. She said, look, most, most of our lives are going to be rejection because that's just the nature of the beast. You're constantly auditioning for new roles. Some you get, some you don't. So she taught me to have a 24-hour pout period. And she said, you know, 24 hours in the privacy of your own home, you know, you don't want to do this in public and you certainly don't want to do it in your place of work. You know, rant and rave and scream and do what you need to do to, to vent and get those emotions out. And then have closure, mm-hmm. right? Because there is an emotional um, need to, to get that out and, and to be angry and shake your fists like a toddler and have that <laughs> tantrum, right? That's an emotional process. Right. And then you can say, okay, what's next? So I, I just want to give people permission to say, yeah, it hurts. It's hard. Honor that. Get through it. And then move on. And move on. That's right. Uh, We know I had a lady, uh, Tracy Sanders, that came on my program that talks about trying to help people brand their message as writers Mm. and as authors. And I thought it was really important what you said, you know, just kind of reconnecting that uh, message was people really, they kind of maybe when they start to to discover right their next purpose and and we as coaches try to help them through that right so like hey you've discovered these are your strengths maybe you've mm-hmm. read a book i like strengths finders i love oh that yeah book. yeah me too um and and so maybe they found their purpose and then they start to go down this journey and they begin to brand themselves in a certain way and they get so like one track mind right mm-hmm. that they forget mm-hmm. that coaches can really help them expand that to have some curiosity which which is right. another topic I love to talk about. Like, what what are you curious about? What are we all curious about to help us, you know, be creative in right discovering podcasting? Like you said, yeah, it's something absolutely. That, should I do that? Well, I don't know. Let's try it. Um, and so, what are you curious about next? That because you've got this great career growth in this plan and these books and, and you're really segmented. Uh, what are you curious, mm-hmm. curious about doing yeah. next? Oh, I'll tell you because it's something that is really driving my my plan. And even, even though I, I realize that the best laid plans don't always happen, it's in my DNA to be a planner <laughs> exactly. and I'm, I'm you know prepared <laughs> to pivot, but the, the, I'm thinking about what's next. So um, my 
curiosity stems from the lack of attention span that adults have mm-hmm. and and there's kind of a funny fact that uh, right now they're they're clocking it at eight seconds right and then we lose our focus and they they also say hey by the way goldfish have an eight second attention span so there you go <laughs> but you know we're we're stimulated by so much um, we've got visual stimuli with with television with videos we've got audio stimulation with podcasts with music you name it. And I'm curious, what about written form? You know, I'll give you an example. I uh, love, love, love to read. It's an important way for me to do research, to learn about new people and to connect. I don't have as much time as I would like to prioritize reading a book, even Mm -hmm. though I love the feel of a book and the smell of a book. So I listen to a lot of my books because I can do it walking dogs or working out or on a plane. So that whole concept of reading has changed. And as a blogger, I've I found that short form really sells. Nobody wants to read a 1200 word blog because it takes seven minutes, yeah. but they will read a, you know, a, a four minute blog. Right. So my question, my curiosity, and, and I'm really trying to craft my message and how I deliver through all of my platforms, visual, audio, and written is how short do we need to be, mm-hmm. right? So that's my big question. Um, I used to do these videos that were six minutes and nobody is watching them through to the end. So now it's 90 seconds because that's the attention span for someone watching my video content. So I guess my curiosity is how short are we going to go? <laughs> how short are we going to go? And, what does that look like? And, and you do, why has that changed? Is it just because we have so much technology that's coming at us constantly, right? And I and, think so. Yeah. And, and you think of social media and I don't say that to blame social media, but we're just overstimulated. You think about instant messaging, right? Everything, texting. I mean, students don't even use email anymore. It's just, it's long form to them. They'd like to IM or text, right? And it's just a changing world. And I think there's an interesting phenomenon about how humans communicate. And I'm I'm eager to see what this looks like, even in five years. It is crazy. So talk to me about the difference in who you coach as far as, you know, um, people of the, of the different generations. How does that yeah. look to you? I would love yeah, to so just hear your thoughts on that. Absolutely. So my sweet spot are, are women who have some life experience. So I would say women who are probably between um, 35 and early 60s. And it's not that I don't enjoy working with younger women or men, but they're at a point where they've done something, right? And they either want to up their game or advance or really think about how they can hone their craft and and um, really celebrate what they're doing and uh, earn different recognition. Mm-hmm. Or women who have said, okay, I've done this a while and you know what? It doesn't gratify me anymore. So how do I make a shift? Right. Um, and similarly, you know, leaders, and there may be leaders in an organization who have said, okay, I'm in this pinnacle role. Now what? How do I continue? And it's not just advancement in a vertical way, but how do I gain recognition and really hone and sharpen my brand? And and how do I leave a legacy? You know, how do I want to be remembered? How do I leave a legacy? I think that is critical. I read on um, one of your posts about, you know, designing your life, right? Uh And I have uh a, a 
group that we have started called um, Business and Life by Design. And, and we kind of talk about that through this process of people saying, hey, wh- where am I starting or where have I started and where do I want to go exactly. next? Uh, but that is key concepts of getting people unstuck. So yeah. This is just awesome to have you here. I love it. I can't wait to meet you in person. (laughs) I know. I know. I feel like we're kindred spirits. We definitely, we need to hang out more. I know. (laughs) Indiana girls. Absolutely. Um, So, and I'm looking, uh, I've looked at all your blogs and all of your podcasts. And so tell me from when you started podcasting a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, what did you learn when you first started that journey? And maybe can you share an experience about a guest that you had that you were surprised about? Yeah, and and I just want to give a 10-second lead-in as to why I started podcasting, because it was a beautiful fail-forward opportunity. So for two years, I had a CBS radio show called Career Coach Caroline, and I just thought I was the coolest thing since sliced bread, because I was on CBS radio. (laughs) That's so cool. That is cool. I mean, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. I I love that, but you know, you you just never know the curveball that life will throw you, and uh, they said, okay, you design this, make this happen, and I remember the very first show pontificating for 50 minutes and realizing, okay, except for my mother, no one's listening because it was just me, (laughs) you know, so I love my mother, but I realized it's energetic uh, when you have guests and you, you, you figure that out very early, but two years in CBS pulled all of its talk radio. So basically we were all let go. And, and that was a bit of a shock because Mm -hmm. the show was doing well. I had all these guests lined up. So I remember it like it was yesterday. I thought, well, I'm not going to let all these great guests that I booked just go to go to waste. I'm going to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. So necessity is the mother of invention. That's and right. oh God, I, I love it. Wait, started... necessity is the mother of invention. I've got to have that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, I created the podcast, changed the name, and decided I'm going to be in control. So talk about design. I didn't have a corporate entity saying do this, do this, do this. I had a clean page, and I could completely design the show in a way that was meaningful. Now, I did pull in a team, so I have extraordinary women. We're we're an all-women show who work with me. I have a great producer. I have a great marketing and communications executive director. So it is an extraordinary team that I sought out, and I wanted to be very intentional about having extraordinary guests and have it compelling for the audience. So, you know, again, stepped back and said, how do I want to design this? Mm -hmm. Amazing. So who who from your guest list, I guess, surprised you the most? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We have, and, and I don't know if you're doing this, you share, you can chime in and share about this, but in when I was doing CBS, I didn't do any pre-screens for guests. Mm -hmm. And when I hired an executive producer for Your Working Life, my current podcast, she said, you know, she came from, she is in public radio. And she said, you know, we always do a little pre-conversation and we see if people are what we call radio worthy. And there may be a brilliant person who wrote a great book or is a speaker who's a phenomenal coach who is brilliant however, not articulate. Mm -hmm. So they just aren't verbal or they just aren't conversational. And I say that with love because they're a wonderful, wonderful human, but they don't translate when someone's listening. So we, we have a process now where we pre-screen and some of those 
beautiful guests don't make it to the air. And there may be other ways that I can engage with them professionally, but they're just not right for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So that was an important lesson for me to realize it's not come one, come all. I've got to be very discerning as the host and think about that quality control Mm -hmm. because ultimately the listener needs a great experience right and, and it is about that connection of your listener to be able to say how can i connect to that message and then right. use that to do whatever empower their life or change right. that or connect to it yeah and as a consumer of podcasts and i listen to many i want to leave with action steps you know i want to be motivated i want some ideas i want some plans and it's not just fluff right for me this is very important time where i learn something so that's what i wanted to translate into my shows as well. What are the takeaways? Why should people listen? What are they going to get out of it? That's excellent. So um, I'm a big Simon Sinek follower. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I met him at yeah. a conference, and so I look at kind of you know start with why and find your why, and I lead mm-hmm. a lot of people to mm-hmm. that when I do uh, some of my commercial and corporate training. And it's so great because people that you start connecting to on these podcasts, you know, they're on this journey of why. And I think I learn so much from each of you and each of Mm -hmm. the podcasts that I listen to as well. And it's such a fun experience. And you know, it's in your own environment. You put your headsets on (laughs) and you can go from one to the other and really take away these things that can change your life if you let them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree if you're open-minded and, and, you know, you and I might listen to a Simon podcast and, and get very different things out of it. And that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I love too. <laughs> and it's like these little book clubs that we used to have right now. They have podcasting mm-hmm. clubs because yeah. it's, it's yeah. the takeaways. So, absolutely. so that's so awesome. Well, Caroline, what else do you have to share with us? I have got so many things that, that I, you know, really wanted to kind of bring this uh, full circle, but you are an amazing contact for me to have now in my life. Well, and, thank you. Back at you. Oh, the things that you've done and you're creating. And I love that, you know, I, I think a lot of things that I've learned and I teach people, one of the first chapters in, in the John Maxwell book, I teach the 15 invaluable laws of growth. And mm-hmm. it, in that chapter, it talks about all these things that people fear and they walk mm-hmm. through saying, I am afraid to make a mistake or I'm afraid to compare mm-hmm. myself or I'm afraid of this. And so as I look at kind of what we're doing, we're following the same journey, right? Mm-hmm. And some people may say, oh, I don't want to compare myself to that other person. But what it does, it lifts your spirit to be able to say, hey, we're on the same journey and for different reasons. Right. And so right. and so I encourage people, you know, do not get stuck in that don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to fail forward. Don't be afraid to say it's not the right time, right? If you have that energy within you that's pulling you into something, get a career coach. Get someone mm-hmm. that can help yeah. you figure that out. Yeah, and I want to riff on that for a second, Melanie, because I think you unearthed something that's so important. So many women and, and men fear, oh my gosh, I'm not ready, yeah. right? And they wait for that perfect opportunity. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is no perfect opportunity, right? Perfection <laughs> right. doesn't exist. Yep. And my one of my coaches and mentors, Marshall Goldsmith, uh, has a concept that he said, you know, there's a great Western disease. He said in Western culture, 
we have this concept of it'll get better when it'll get better when the kids graduate or it'll get better when the kids are in grade school and out of, you know, pre-K or, or, um, preschool, it'll get better when my mom recuperates from her hip surgery, it'll get better when we move into the bigger house, right? There's always an excuse. And I think the sad thing is we miss so much of life and we miss taking advantage of new opportunities because we're waiting for something. And I would encourage encourage our listeners to be brave and take a chance. I have never applied for a job that I was perfectly well suited for. And that's a good thing, mm-hmm. right? I grew into them. Did I know how to podcast? No, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think what you said, just to kind of piggyback on that, it's this belief, you know, as we coach people and we take them through what they believe about themselves today, right? Mm-hmm. And then what they can do. And so what I've learned as well, some of these quotes of up until now, right? Up yeah. until now, I believe this. But mm-hmm. now as you grow into what you can become, it is so empowering to kind of walk through that process and especially having Absolutely. somebody beside you to kind of reinforce. Actually, mm-hmm. we just sit and listen and say, yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Good coaches don't say do this. They ask questions that's and right. empower you to come up with a solution. <laughs> so that's a great lesson for all of our listeners. You know, if you want an advisor, that's a very different situation. But a coach is someone who's going to help guide you on that journey by asking questions because ultimately uh, you as the person being coached knows the answer but you don't know the questions to ask yourself absolutely and it just is a thinking process so mm-hmm. um, I just I really want to encourage people to go down that road if they are stuck and they cannot mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. the right path in any yeah. point of their life right so. and I would say as a coach I have coaches right yes. so I am I'm in full belief that you're never done right and even though I'm blissfully happy in my very multifaceted career uh, it's it's not just about the job it's not just about solvent employment right there's so many other facets to life and career that overlap. Absolutely. My husband says, oh, you are always spinning plates. And I'm like, well, it's because they all spin together, right? They're yeah. all just kind of yeah. in, in sync with each other. But uh, exactly. Absolutely yeah. love that. Well, Caroline, how people can connect to you through carolinedowdhiggins.com. Yes, yes. It's a long hyphenated last name, but in the website, there's no hyphen. So Dowd Higgins is all together. And I would tell people that that's the mothership. They can find me through Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. But that carolinedowdhiggins.com is the best website place to start. And we can find your story, your speaking, yeah, your coaching, yeah. all of the videos and the podcast, her blog, her books. Um, this is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for people to connect to you uh, and really hear your story, you know, and reach out to Caroline and get her on your on your corporate training, um, all of the things that you need to do to kind of make your workplace more empowered. So I love that you are a guest. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a joy. We are kindred spirits out there uh, empowering others. And what a, what a pleasure to be on your show. And I'm absolutely thrilled. So I thank you. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And we are, uh, the leadership conference is coming March 2nd, 2019. So I hope that you can put that on your agenda. If you can help come and and make that at the Indianapolis Museum of Art, a great time for people to also connect to you live. And 
and that will that will kind of uh, you know make sure that they can see you in a great environment and really get that spirit. I, I see the spirit, and I know that we're going to be multi-friends forever. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, back at you, my dear. I, I look forward to meeting in person, and, and thank you again for having me. Yeah, have a great weekend, Caroline. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 2018. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.